0: Hello, my name is Wayne the III, host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. For those of you who are listening, again, thank you for your support. I really uh, appreciate all of the recurring listeners that we get, and I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. If you are a first-time listener, a little bit about me so that uh, you understand I know what I'm talking about. But I cover Florida State for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State each of the last four seasons. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. For football, I'm at every game, every practice. Every time Willie Taggart or the coaches or players speak to the media, I'm there. Um, so I have a pretty uh, pretty good perspective on what happens there. If, if Florida State's uh, on the road, I go to that game. If Florida State's in a bowl game, I go to... uh, I go to that game. Uh, Basketball, I cover every basketball home game as well as NCAA tournament games. I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run last year. And for baseball, I cover every uh, home baseball game as well as any postseason baseball games. Two years ago, I was out in Omaha for Florida State's College World Series run. And then I also cover every major and usually every minor recruiting uh, event that Florida State has. So I have a pretty good perspective about what goes on around the program. And what's going on around the program as far as this football season goes has uh, has not been pretty. Florida State's sitting at one and two. Uh, they just lost to Syracuse thirty to seven on Saturday. They lost the season opener to Virginia Tech twenty four to seven, and then they had to come from behind to beat Sanford thirty six to twenty six in the second game of the year. So it hasn't been pretty, but there is um, you know there's some room for optimism here. Stay with me, guys. I know that that's. Um, you know that's tough to hear right now, especially after Florida State lost thirty to seven. But there are some positive things to take away. Um, we're going to start with the defense because we got to speak to defensive coordinator Harlan Barnett and the defensive players today. And the defense was very, very good for you know two and a half quarters against Syracuse, and then they just ran out of gas because they were on the field for thirty-seven minutes. Um, you know that obviously goes back to the offensive issues. We'll get into those a little bit later. But the defense played extremely well. Um, they had three goal line stands, one one in each of the first three quarters, that f- led to field goals. But with with the way the way the defense is playing, er, you know, played early in the ball games, they they really struggled early in the ball game against Virginia Tech and against Samford. Then they really picked it up at the end. This time they started fast, kept uh, Syracuse to just six points. Um, on offense in the first half of the Florida State game on Saturday, and did it did a really good job of uh, really buckling down and forcing you know forcing negative plays. Dontavius Jackson was an absolute monster in the game. He recorded a, a career high 14 tackles. I mean, he was all over the field. He was making plays. He was making plays in the back, uh, in the backfield. Brian Burns, was, you know, he had two sacks, three tackles for loss. He's doing his job. You know, I thought Marvin Wilson played very well. I thought the two freshman defense uh, cornerbacks, Asante Samuel Jr. and A.J. Litton, played very, very well. Uh, Samuel got beat once. Um, you know, it, did, it ended up not being a completion. He got beat once, but he, I thought he was really good. Both of them were really good when it came to being physical and stopping the run. So I was very impressed with that. Um, I do think that the the linebackers are still going to be an issue outside of Don Tavius. I thought that Jaden would be played all right, but, um, when, you know, in, in the Sam linebacker spot with DeKalin Brooks and Adonis Thomas, I think there's a little bit of an issue there. Um, so, but I did think that they played better than they had in the previous two, uh, two games. So, you know, it, that is getting better. Uh, Janarius Robinson is, is playing pretty well at this point. Um, yeah, I've been a little surprised at how quiet DeMarcus Christmas has been. He hasn't been uh, the breakout player that I thought he would be so far, but overall, I mean, the defense played extremely well um in that game. They held Syracuse to around 5 yards a play, you know, which is which is very good, especially for, you know, a Syracuse offense that had been rolling um and in, and I anticipate will continue to roll uh, as things go along because that is a very good Syracuse offense. um you know, the Syracuse defense, not very good. The Syracuse offense is very good. And I thought what Florida State was able to do before it just, you know, they just ran out of gas was was really good. Um, you know, it Coach Barnett was obviously pleased with the way his team his team started fast. That was a big point of emphasis in the first game. It was really, you know, they really put out that they wanted to start fast, do well, and set the tone defensively early in the game. And they really came out and did that. Um, they're playing fast, they're playing aggressive, and they're going out and they're making plays. So I was really impressed, you know, I, I continue to say that, but I continue to uh, to be impressed with, you know, how the defense plays yeah, you know, except for the first uh, first couple drives against Virginia Tech, and then the first uh, first couple drives against Samford. Yeah, I've been very impressed with what the defense is. Even you know when the defense got worn down, they were still you know they, they were giving it everything they had. They still you know were playing per, you know fairly well. They missed a couple tackles at the end, and that led to points. But it wasn't uh, th- this loss you know the loss to Syracuse clearly wasn't on them. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's something to be positive about uh, the way, just the way the defense played against a pretty good offense. And this week against Northern Illinois, they're going to play a pretty not good offense. Uh, so they should be able to continue to find success and find that confidence. Um, one thing that happened today that didn't look uh, pretty, that, that didn't look good at practice uh, during no drills, we'll get into what happened there in a little while but with the way, uh, Cyrus Fagan was in a blue non-contact jersey, uh, during, during practice, but he was run into by Anthony Grant. I mean, it wasn't anything, you know, Anthony Grant did wrong. It was just, you know, Cyrus trying to come up and, you know, bump him. And, um, you know, he ended up going to the ground, uh, was clearly in a ton of pain. I mean, a ton of pain, um, when it came to that it looked like he was unable to lift his left arm and uh he went he went into the indoor practice facility and we didn't see him again during the rest of the media availability so his status for the northern illinois game is is pretty much up in the air i don't you know just just off judging what i saw in practice today i would not expect him to play because it looked yeah i don't don't want to speculate on the injury but it didn't it didn't look very good um but you know Florida State's been been playing pretty well at safety. AJ Westbrook hasn't been uh, hasn't been has been all right, and Stanford Samuels is continuing to get to to improve at the free safety position as he you know learns the ins and out of that position. So. I thought that was, you know, I thought I think the safety play is fine. Obviously, you want to have a guy like him out there uh, because he's very athletic and he, you know, he's a true center fielder and um, and can go out and make some plays. But it doesn't look like Florida State will have him out there for Northern Illinois. Um, But you know, with with the way the the freshmen have played at corner and the way that the just the entire defense is playing right now there's a lot of confidence on that side of the ball i think that's you know obviously that's a, that's a really good sign for this defense but um you know they they're going to ha- cuz they're going to have to be very good with the way, with the state of the offense right now they're going to have to you know give give florida state some um, some short fields. That's something that they really haven't done yet. They haven't been able to give Florida State a short field. They've been Florida State's been behind the eight ball when it comes to field position uh, through both of their FBS games. So we want to see. I want to see a little bit more. Uh, not Florida State's been playing a little bit of bend but don't break. I want to see a lot more of not no, no bending. You know they they need to come up with some three and outs. They need to do a better job of getting Florida State into good field position. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's going to come with time. If Florida State continues to play this well, that's going to happen. Uh, obviously, Florida State had some awesome goal line stands. Yeah, everybody stepped up to make that play. I noticed Fred Jones on the first one really blowing up a third down play, jump just jumping up in the middle. Uh, A.J. Litton, you know, jumping up into into a gap on, on third down and on another one. And then Dontavious Jackson obviously played a big role in those. So, you know, I'm, I've been pretty I was pretty pleased with the way that uh, that syracuse uh, that Florida State played against syracuse it was it was really um, a step up from what they did in the first two weeks so credit to them for you know really improving from uh, from those first two games um, <clears throat> Jumping into the next segment, we'll talk a little bit about you know the offense. I know we keep going back to the offense, but it it is obviously the sticking point for uh, for the team right now, but we'll jump into to the offense and some some things that I noticed that I think Florida State could do uh do better and some things that I think that they will do better going forward and then um, we'll talk a little bit about what Florida State will do against uh against this northern Illinois defense. On uh, in the in the third segment, but before we get into that, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. You know, I've I've picked Florida State to win in all three games, uh, and so far I'm one for two in that, and I'm over three against the spread. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me guys, they're your best bet this season. You know, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. MyBookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. So join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code COLLEGEON25, C O L L E G E O N 25, no spaces, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y. B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code College on twenty five when creating your account to claim up to one thousand dollars in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. And thanks for sticking with us as we uh, or as I head into the next segment. Um, just talking about th- there's some there's some things on the offensive side of the ball that I think that th- there there should be some confidence for Florida State and Florida State fans going forward. Um, you know, after after rewatching the film and just and looking at it, the issues aren't as big as I thought they were. Live, I mean, it, you know, it looked like Francois was obviously getting killed, and he did get killed. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's minor issues. It's I, I do believe that it's it's minor technique issues that are causing a lot of the issue that that are causing a lot of the situations where Francois ends up on his backside. You know, it's it's a lot of if. You know, of dumb mental mistakes that Florida State's making, and you know those are really going to come with time, um, time in the system, time working with Coach Fry. Because what Florida State's doing now is is a different, uh, it's a different technique for the offensive line. It's a different system for the offensive line. Now it's still a very easy system, but when you have three guys, you have Abdul Bello, Jawan Williams, Mike Arnold. Who have never played a snap coming into this season, and you've got a guy Arthur Williams, right? He he, he was a defensive end, or defense defensive end. That's a big defensive end. He was a defensive tackle until two months ago. I mean, it, it, there's there's some issues there, but uh, but Florida State is in is in a position where it's. I think it's going to get better, guys. I, I know that's hard to believe, with as bad as it is right now. Um, I but I do believe it's going to get better. Um, you know it, it once landed dickerson returns and obviously that's a big that's a big question mark because we don't know when he's going to return yet we don't know you know wh- when he's going to be able to play football again but he brings so much to the offensive line and a lot of florida state's issues up front deal with communication and understanding what the gaps are and all, and and a whole bunch of different things and dickerson was kind of the glue that held that together so getting him back is going to be a uh, a really big key for Florida State and I don't know you know we don't know when he's going to play but I you know I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back within the next next few weeks at this point um I'm not saying that's going to happen but I I think it's uh you know I think it could him uh, he he could return here here at some point uh, in the near future but you know, getting him back will really help the offense line because the one of the biggest issues that they're having is communication, not understanding who has which gap. And Dickerson understands that he's extremely smart, and he's able to help the other offensive linemen out with that. Especially the guy sitting, uh, you know, sitting next to him in his stance. Um, a guy like Mike Arnold, who never played before and is, you know, learning on the fly and is trying to figure things out. You know, he, he looked much better with Dickerson next to him than he did with Derek Kelly, who's a guard next to him who's still learning how to play the tackle position by, you know in his in his own way so uh Derek Kelly has not been out of practice um don't know when he's going to be back which is obviously not good uh it looks like Brady Scott is going to be filling into filling in his role um for that uh judging off the offensive line today it was um it was Abdul Bello at left tackle with Jawan Williams backing up at right tackle and then it was Brady Scott with um At right tackle, but, uh, the backup left tackle today was Jalen Goss, true freshman. Uh, he's, you know, he's a little light in the seat. He's only like 200 and he's listed as 273 pounds. He's probably a little bit heavier than that now, but, uh, you know, he's obviously not, uh, not physically ready to, to play major college football. He still needs to add some weight, but he might be thrown in, um, but you know we we you still got that so it it looks like Brady Scott's going to get the uh, get the start uh, this week at right tackle with Abdul Bello working at left tackle. I know that uh, a lot of fans are down on Bellow after what they saw against Syracuse. And, you know, I mean, frankly, they should be. It was, it was not a good performance. It wasn't, it wasn't something that you can hang your head on. Like, man, you know, there's some positives there. There weren't really any positives for Abdul Bellow. The good, the good news for him is that he's still, you know, he's still learning. He's still, you know, working. And, you know, he, he's, he is getting better. Um, You know, it's just just minor technique things that when things, you know, when it hits the fan, he reverts back to what he was taught under the previous regime, and that's different than what he's being taught now, and it's causing some issues as far as, you know, gap protections and stuff like that, so it's, it's, once he settles down, once he gets more playing time, once Florida State, you know, can maybe get you know, just get find something for confidence. Just maybe a big play early in the game against Northern Illinois would go so far for um for what this offense can be. But, I mean, it really is just a bunch of small stuff. I mean, in, in every phase of the game, there's, I mean, there's, there's one play where Cam Akers just doesn't hit the right hole. If he bounces it outside instead of inside, I mean, he runs for days. There, I mean, it's, you know, the wide receiver's not lining up correctly and making sure that they're on, you know, not covering up the tight end just by looking over at the official. It's just small, small little things that are affecting the offense. And I think that they'll be a lot better as it goes on, and as they get more used to this offense, because that's um, you know that's something that they you know that they can work on. Uh, but if you go back and you and you watch the film and you see wide receivers running just wide open everywhere, and the offense and you know the offensive line just isn't giving uh, Francois enough time, or maybe Francois you know too far back in the pocket, he's not stepping up in the pocket when he should be. So once this once the entire you know unit gets more comfortable in this offense things are going to get better now the defenses that Florida State is is going to face are going to get better I mean you've uh, after Louisville you've got Miami which has a pretty good defense uh you you get Clemson you get uh, you have Wake Forest then you have Clemson then you have NC State then you have Notre Dame then you have Boston College then you have Florida it's not you know this the schedule isn't getting any easier guys um so the the Learning curve is going to be uh, pretty stiff. They need to, you know, they need to build some confidence against Northern Illinois, and then build some confidence against a, a pretty bad Louisville defense. They over the next two weeks, they need to find something to hang their hat on, and they're they're going to find ways to run the football. Um, we might be seeing a little bit of a return of the fullback. I've seen it, uh, you know. It, we saw it today in practice. They they were using a fullback in the pistols, so they're finding different ways to to help this offensive line out. Coach Taggart had talked about uh, rolling uh, Francois out, getting him out of the pocket, and getting him some clear lanes to throw in. And um, we'll see how that works. But I, I do think that there's reason to be confident that this that this offense gets better as the season goes on. You know, and I think that there's. You know, I don't. I don't know how much better because I do still think that there's a talent issue. Um, that there's a talent issue as far as that goes, uh, especially with the offensive line. You know, really with the offensive line, um, I think there's a talent issue. But I also think that once they start getting used to the to the to their assignments and taking that and being able to translate that into the game and not panicking every time there's a pass. You know, there's a rush in their face. Once that starts to happen, this this uh, this offense is going to get rolling. I mean, the the plays are there. You can see it if you go back and watch the film. You can see it. You can see the receivers just running wide open. Um, so I, I do think that there's a lot. There's some stuff here to be positive about that Florida State can take forward. And it's just you know they they really do have to just manage the minor details. Um, but jumping in, you know, the last segment, we'll discuss uh, Northern Illinois' offense or defense and what Florida State will be able to do, including Sutton Smith, who is an absolute monster defensive end for Northern Illinois. He was a first team AP All American last year. We'll also discuss a little bit of, of uh, what happened during Noll drill uh, today and, you know, some things that, that stood out from that. But uh, before we get into that, The wait is over, football's here, and that means it's fantasy football season. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. So new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first uh, first deposit on FanDuel, fantasy football it's it's one of my it's one of my things and um you know I've had a really nice bounce back week right now uh I, I'm doing pretty well thank you Todd Gurley but if you enjoy playing fantasy football there's no better place uh to play than FanDuel so make sure you go out get your twenty dollar bonus when you make your first deposit and check out fanDuel.com I'm looking forward to seeing Florida State play at at home this week in the friendly confines of Doe Campbell Stadium against Northern Illinois at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. And maybe you are too. If you're interested in going to that game, you need to check out Vivid Seats. You can attend the game, any sporting event, Concert, show, at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source of tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off of orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LockedON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capital letters, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks, guys, for, uh, for sticking around for the final segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate all the support, and I hope that uh, you're enjoying this podcast, and I hope that you'll continue to, uh, to come back and, and, and listen to, uh, to what I have to say. If you like the podcast, make sure to give us a follow or subscribe on whatever, um, whatever site you use to download your podcast. It's much appreciated. It goes a long way, and uh, I really appreciate all the support that you guys have brought in. But what happened at practice today, there was, uh, there was some null drills, which you know, is always interesting to see because it pits a lot of the guys one-on-one. For those of you who don't know what null drills are, they take and they put an offensive lineman head up against a defensive lineman, 10 yards downfield, there's a tight end up against the linebacker, and then 10 more yards downfield, there's a defensive back up against a wide receiver. The, the way it's designed is the quarterback hands off to the running back and the running back has to get down the field. Pretty simple. Um, the defend the three defensive players have to make the tackle, make the stop. And the offensive players are obviously trying to spring the, the running back free. So it's it's usually pretty even as far as uh, who wins. Um, I will say that uh, freshman running back Anthony Grant is at his best in this drill. I mean, he is extremely fun to watch in tight spaces. He has a really nice little jump cut that he moves, that he uses. Um, so we don't really talk about the running back that much in the drill because it's all about players going head-to-head. But I want to highlight him for how well he does in this drill. Um... You know, the biggest the biggest play of the day was Jawan Williams, who um, he, he pushed uh, freshman defensive end Malcolm Lamar back about 15 yards during his rep. I mean, he got up under him and moved him down the field. And everyone just, I mean, everyone on the offensive side of the ball was just so excited for him because he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of confidence right now. You know, we talked about it. He was a guy who was benched for Abdul Bello. You know, he, he just hasn't been very good. But, man, I mean, you could see the offensive guys swarming around him. Uh, DeAndre Francois, James Blackman, Willie Taggart, Dante Pimpleton, all of them just converged on him when he made this play. I mean, they were so excited for him because it's good to see him, you know, get get some sort of semblance of confidence back, even if it's against a true freshman. uh, You know, Malcolm Moore's a big dude. So you know, getting him and uh, getting some confidence for him was was pretty big, and you you could see that the players around him and the coaches around him recognized him. Um, Wallenham had a really good uh, had a really good rep to beat Abdul Bello. Uh, he made he made a tackle right at the line of scrimmage, just threw him off to one side and then made the tackle. Um, it was really nice to see center on Johnson, who's kind of struggled in the drill uh, in recent weeks, but he took uh, he took Marvin Wilson and drove him back and created a lane for uh, for the running back to run through. Um, offensive lineman Brady Scott, who's probably going to start at right tackle for the Seminoles, had a really nice rep against Janarius, Janarius Robinson, uh, pushed him back, drove him off the ball. Um, you know, one of the guys that we haven't talked about at the linebacker position that probably would be starting if not for an ACL injury that he suffered against uh, Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl, but Emmett, Emmett Rice has really improved uh, from the. From the start of fall camp he was really he was really limited he was struggling to move laterally he just hadn't didn't have that athleticism that uh, helped him stand out he would probably be your starter at sam right now but he's just not fully back to where he can play yet uh he had a really nice rep i couldn't see who it was against but he had a really really nice rep where he shed the block and made the tackle I was really impressed uh with him and the progress that he's made so hopefully he can get back in and um <clears throat> you know and, and uh once he once he gets back, he will be a real asset to the to the defense because I think he's a guy that could come in and uh, push for a starting starting job over to Kalen Brooks and Adonis Thomas. Um, offensive tackle Jalen Goss had a very nice rep against Xavier Peters uh, on the same rep. Nasir Upshur followed uh, you know followed it up with a nice rep against Amari Gainer to spring the running back free. Um... One of uh, you know, there were there were a couple freshmen. They usually pit the freshman defensive line against the freshman offensive line, um, and you know I mentioned Chaz Neal and how you know he he wins some reps and lose some reps. Uh, Dennis Briggs just flat out dominated him in one of the rep, but he also came back and pancaked Xavier Peters on the next rep, driving him to the ground um Jalen Goss had a couple of nice reps um I talked about him against Xavier Peters he went up against a walk on the next rep and just drove him into the sideline it was uh you know even even against a walk on it was good to see him use that point of attack and get to, and get after it so I thought that was um that was pretty impressive uh the offense you know when, when it went to, I watched the offensive side of the ball today during practice and they worked a lot a lot on lining up properly and they they didn't do it at first. I mean, they they were struggling at first in practice to line up. You know, to just get them in line up properly. And Coach Taggart was uh, really not happy about it. So then he let him know he wasn't happy about it. And then after you know after he got into him, uh, things really started to run uh, run smoother. It was it was really nice. Um, you know, to see them basically they would line up and then they would go to the next play. They wouldn't run a play. They would just line up move on to the next play move the ball forward a little bit and then players would have to line up in a different formation so um, it was it, you know they, they got better as it went on and uh, I think that's obviously a good sign that just needs to continue they, they need to continue to do that um, once that once that once they split um, w- once they split off from that the quarterbacks and running backs go off and work on the their read options and the wide receiver goes, wide right receivers go off to go catch, uh, catch passes and and work on their blocking. Coach Taggart made a b line for the offensive line and they were working on double team blocks and just the proper way to get into it and the proper proper first step to take because that's an issue that Florida State had a lot against Syracuse. They were taking stepping off with the wrong foot and it really cost uh, cost them. Uh, Valuable seconds in um, when, they, when they were trying to block somebody, and it actually cost them a few tackleful losses and a couple sacks. So, you know, they were really working on that today. It's something that they work on every day, but Coach Taggart made his way over there and was individually helping out guys with their technique. Coach Fry was, you know, helping him out as well. Obviously, you know, he, he's the He's the coach of that unit. He was sitting there and he was instructing them. And um, but Coach Taggart was also over there giving pointers. So he, he knows about the issues, guys. Let's I mean let's let's just go ahead and it, it, you know we, we acknowledge that he knows that the offensive line issues and he's working on fixing it. And I thought that was really nice to see. He's done that the last two practices. So um, it was it was. It was good to see him come over, and he was, you know, he was praising guys, and he was also giving pointers for how they're supposed to be how they're supposed to be doing stuff uh, when when they did it wrong. But um, that'll do it for today's episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy doing it. I love talking about Florida State. It's you know something I've done for my entire life, and now I get to now I get to enjoy it even more. I hope you guys enjoy enjoyed listening to it. If you did. Please uh, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on your podcast side of choice and uh, continue to listen to the podcast. I hope you're... uh I hope you're enjoying the listen. But for the Locked On Seminoles podcast, I'll be back again tomorrow. We get to speak to Coach Taggart and hear what he had to say about this week's performance at practice. I'll also be doing a mailbag, so if you have questions that you would like to have answered, send them to at Wayne III on Twitter, and uh, I'll feature those on the podcast tomorrow. But uh, that'll be all for today. So thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.